Good evening, Nora. Good evening. We're here to talk about season one, episode four, New Amsterdam. Yeah, New Amsterdam. Uh, Pete's, the legacy of Pete and all of his entitlement and resentment towards the world, which is quite a tale. That's your thesis Uh, statement for this episode? Yeah, and also, like, I... Every time I like feel like he's a shit, and also I feel like slightly bad for him at the end. I was like, they did a good job at like telling you who this character is. I think the listeners and I really want to know like how much your attraction to Pete Campbell vacillates episode to episode. So could you oh. tell me like on a scale from like dull to turned on, where you lie I think on it's, scale? It's totally dull because this one, I'm just like. <laughs> He seems like such a little kid in this one. Like, Ugh, yeah, like Glenn, but like he cool. seems like very, very young. And like he's crying at work because he fucks up. And I'm just like, oh man. Also, like, oh man, Trudy, like, run. You're so much better than him. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's a great jumping off point, I suppose, because we actually meet Trudy in this episode. It's we actually meet Trudy. We meet Trudy in all of her, um, all of her glory and all of her amazing ability to, I wouldn't say manipulate Pete, but she's like so good at wrangling him that I have to just like admire it. She's so good at wrangling a man that's kind of shitty in this era. And like, oh, it was so nice to see the Trudy show. Although her first uh, outfit was terrible. Let me just say, jumping right into the first scene, but it was, it was rough, but it's okay. Well, first of all, can I just say I have a, absolute crush on Alison Brie <laughs> I mean she's amazing she's yeah. so I mean great. I'm straight but I would definitely like do things with her if she asked you know she seems like she would be fun she seems like she would be yeah. fun she's, honestly the perfect she's the perfect actress to play Trudy really I, um, I definitely think so she's so like it goes I guess it kind of goes along with the name Trudy she just like her voice trills the whole time and it's so high-pitched and so like She's kind of just singing her songs. I just, lo- I just love that character. So like, I totally get it. Honestly, I'm, you know, she did, she made some moves like in the better on Pete as well. To like, <laughs> she snagged him. She snagged him. She like ass honeymoon to Niagara Falls for two weeks. She definitely, I'm sure she pulled out all the stops and then Pete's just like, here's my dick handle. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I don't know if we need to censor that. I don't know if we're doing, <laughs> but anyway. An adult, but um, yeah. yeah. So the way this episode starts is all the, I don't know. I want to call them the good old boys club, which is stupid, but all the guys in the uh, office aren't like the head honchos. Um, yeah. They're like listening to a comedy uh, album. It sounds like I have a new heart. Yes. I'm sure it's a real person, but yes, I don't that's definitely have no a real idea. Person. Well, yeah. as, as I think Harry said, he's no, you know, Lenny Bruce. So who's but another pretty comedian. good. It's like, it was really not good. And like, you can tell, it's the good old boys club because all the comedy I think is about a wife trying to drive and sucking at it. And it's just like about Uh, women can't (laughs) drive. Ha, that's hilarious. And you're like, wow, you guys. Yeah. Go back to work. Come on. I don't like them, but Trudy comes in and she surprises Pete and, but she did it in a very responsible way. She didn't just show up at the office. She called his secretary (laughs) and who, who just said like, yeah, he's got nothing going on today. You know? That yeah she and definitely she definitely like finagled her way in there and she's just like weren't you say or like 
excited to see me like doughy eyes we're going to see this apartment now <laughs> i just loved it i i admired the game before we move on though i wanted to say in the little boys club i didn't notice which goes i think with along with the whole episode to understand more about pete they say that this bob newhart is an accountant he used to be an accountant and then pete's really interested he's like oh really and you could tell he's like maybe i could be a comedian <laughs> you can tell that pete's like maybe i could be creative and be a comedian because that's the kind of guy he is he just thinks he's an artiste yeah. um and i never noticed that before i'm like but Pete's definitely thinking about quitting and being a comedian in that moment. This episode made me realize I really don't understand what Peter does because it just sounds yeah. like if he's like, he sounds like his phone, dad, like I don't understand. It that makes it sound like money, but I think he's really just trying to like keep the people happy, like keep the clients happy. Like they're good. They're the accounts they're They want to do business. I don't really, it's very vague to me what he does. Yeah. Does. Like, I guess I think that that's kind of, I don't know if this kind of correlates to like the medical, the medical work that I do. That's like somewhat changed, like tangential to this, or rather I should say parallel to this. Um, but for there, we, they count people usually like they do operations and strategy and that would probably be a higher level person. Like you would help develop the strategy and basically like what we want to go and like what the landscape is in addition to kind of being friendly with them. So I, I would get the sense that his job is like that because he's really low on the totem pole, but it does shine through to me in this episode. Like he really doesn't have that much shit to do. Maybe because he actually sucks at it and he's not really getting real work. Maybe because he's probably like 22 or 23 years old. Yes. And making, what does he say? Like $25 a week. $5 a week. It's crazy. 35. That's right. It's like crazy like when I you calculate that out I know I'm jumping ahead but that's like I think it's like a one to ten ratio less than four grand a year (laughs) which is wild and that's like less than I think it's less than 40,000 of these days because I did look and it looked like a one to ten ratio I just googled it that doesn't mean it's real so don't be mad listeners if I'm wrong (laughs) but based on that google that's pretty bad um particularly given if he came from like a given that he came from a rich family and he's like Um, working in manhattan so he's definitely getting bitch work he i think he's definitely getting bitch work and he's not and i know i'm kind of going off again on a tangent here but it's really interesting in this episode i just became so much clearer to me this time around watching it that pete joined because he wanted to be creative because he wanted to be an artiste and then they're like we're just going to push you over here and work with people and then he's not even getting that work because he's bad at it and it's all because of his name which goes back to the main thrust of the episode but anyway we can go yeah, back to the guys your thesis for sure um, um so trudy comes in and she's introduced to the good old boys and don who of course is like probably charming her like a little oh, bit he, he has the fakest smile he's like i fucking hate you he's great <laughs> seriously that's so awkward oh my god and then peggy's just like i'm getting the fuck out of here more awkward is that nobody introduced peggy to trudy that so is a great point i did not notice that i don't but know yeah. if that was just like intentional or if they were just like well secretaries aren't people <laughs> you know like <laughs> yeah seen and not heard so awkward um yes that was very painful yeah and don called pete essential to trudy which is such bullshit i'm glad at least he has the decorum to say that in front of his wife but still you can tell by don's face where she's like he was like we like him as very we care about him as much as you do which is just a weird compliment to give and then Trudy's like I'm sure that's not true and Don's like I guess you're right 
he's so nice and i i just interpreted that as like aka hot you know <laughs> yeah she's just like he's intriguing i wonder why is it his face so then the Campbells go look at this $30,000. Oh, it's $35,000. She thinks she could get it for 30, which she says is a steal. Um, apartment that has, did they say five bedrooms? Five, 1,500 square feet in oh New York. Can you imagine? <laughs> I'm just living in this hovel here. Holy shit. I know. And I've just been like wrapping my mind around the inflation that, you know, some mm-hmm. this country but i'm just like wow the fact that he made less than four grand a year and this apartment is like thirty thousand. it's just hard to wrap your round your brain around it you know but it looked like a nice swanky yeah. joint and if it's a is the one to ten is a, the correct conversion which again listeners don't be pissed if i'm wrong but if that's the right conversion that means it's like a three hundred thousand dollar apartment which trudy fucking trying to climb that ladder <laughs> You go. It does seem like a good deal, you know? Like, it's a good deal, but also I'm like, you guys are very young to be in a $300,000 apartment if you, that translation again does work. Like, wow. But she's murking her Trudy magic. She's like, it would be lovely. We can ask my family. Come on, honey. Like, oh, just respect the game. She's got him like around her finger, you know? She really, she really has. Although like, He's just a sulky brat. How hard is he? UFC would be hard, but also he's not really smart. So, well, you know how I feel about Petey Campbell. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, you know, I noticed this episode. It does. It did a lot of quick jumps in between. You know, micro. Yeah, yeah micro, micro jumps between you know Pete, Don, and Betty. Really, I feel like those were the sure. main threads. So yeah, we have, was all we saw. Peggy, she's gone this episode. Yeah. Peggy's gone. Roger's like barely been in the show, to be honest, you know? Yeah, he's just this booming voice figure, but oh, he's going to come back with a vengeance later. But I cannot wait. But yeah, I, I say that because then after the apartment, we have a quick return yeah. of Rachel, um, who's always fabulous. And she and Don have an awkward in the hallway moment of like, yeah, this guy, I always forget that guy's name, the one that is like working on her account now or her Paul. project. Paul. Yeah, he's like, very appalled. Very forgettable. <laughs> yes. Forget um, all. <laughs> forget all. <laughs> I like your dad jokes. Um, I noticed have another jump of- uh, to Betty. So it's it's just yeah. a very quick. Jump it's very her. quick. A lot of setup. A lot of like really plot heavy for like the next couple episodes, which we are going to focus on this one. This is a good one, but like. I looked at the titles, man, we got some bangers coming up. I'm very excited. <laughs> um, so one thing I noticed this time, because I had subtitles on, it's the first time I ever noticed this, that when you can barely hear him, but when Don comes out of that room, that when he's having that meeting and runs into Rachel, he's saying, uh, you know, you know, the account Bill it all to Mankins, which I think is supposed to mean that even though he's not the account man, he's still working behind closed doors on this account. It's just all for show because he's talking about Mankins Clearly the meeting was about Mankins just that, and she's walking to that room. He just was in that room. So, which I find like, it's not necessarily surprising, but I, that was kind of like a nice detail that I never yeah. noticed. Oh, it's so awkward though. So awkward. And then I put poor Rachel, but she's always fabulous. But I put Rachel's head wrap, boy, <laughs> her head wrap or her like big beehive fondue thing. I don't know what it is. Oh, wild yeah we were talking Um, about before we started recording how this was a rough episode for fashion it 
really is. There's a lot of unfortunate stuff and a lot of bland men's suits. Like, just like, I am man, here's my gray suit. Just, it's okay. We're going to get more fun stuff as it gets further on in the 60s. But for now, it's very boring. Um, one thing I wrote down for this scene is uh, a Don dupe, which he repeats several times throughout the series with different, in different forms, with different women where, well, it's something around, oh, it's, uh, he's talking to Rachel and then he's kind of like standing there and trying to make like weird flirty conversation. And she goes, what are you doing? And then he tries to do seductive face and goes, I don't know. And I hate that he does that. He does that with Betty later where she's like, what are you doing? He's like waiting for you to tell me to stop. Like he just always does that where he tries to be so seductive. Like, what are we doing? That's so gross. And she's just like, he's like, I don't know. But he's like, winky. my face is handsome. It's just like, ugh. and Rachel, thank God, turns him down. I love that she, he's like, we could have lunch. Classics classic fucking fuck boy or ex-boyfriend move let's have lunch lunch is like <laughs> an insult i think if you're like having a flirtatious situation you know uh-huh. it's like lunch because that's like the least sexy meal of the day. one it's it's the least sexy and two she's like there's no reason unless we start banging which clearly is off the table because we can't have a relationship so bye. i like Ooh. she crushed it Oh, okay. like the ladies are crushing it this this episode. The ladies were crushing it. Um, so after that, we are in the Draper residence, and Betty is reading to Sally, and I wrote down a Bobby. We a Bobby. Who even knows if that's the same Bobby as like a couple episodes ago? It's just a spectrum of Bobbies. We'll get yeah. to the this. It, they're all awkward though. This one's cute but awkward. They're all kind of Bobby's the worst kid awkward. by far, but Sally is so cute. She's so cute. And you can tell she's cute because Betty is smiling around her children. What? I, found, I found shocking. She's so happy to be Honestly, with kids. I feel so my, my trajectory of watching the show, I, the first watch, I did not like Betty at all. The second watch, I felt bad for Betty. And this yeah. watch, I'm trying to be really keen on, you know, you know, how I feel about her throughout these watches and being more sympathetic and I'm a little bit older now and I felt like she was being a really good mom in this episode which she really was yeah in the beginning she's and I think there are hints of it throughout like she's actually not a terrible mom until later on with particularly with Sally like she's I I agree that she actually did a good job and for some part of it she did a good her job with Glenn as hard as Glenn would be to manage based on everything that we saw you're skipping ahead. I, hint, hint, I, I want to spend some time on that, but um, yeah, yeah, she's being have the dog. Betty radar going. She's um, she yeah. walks the dog, which I feel that I don't know why that site really felt jarring, but I remember that that dog is new, so I guess it makes sense to you know yeah. have her walking it integrate um, the dog in, and and she sees on her walk uh, Helen, the neighbor, and the divorcee, which I feel like is the only way to refer to Helen as the divorcee, which- Gasp. Yes. Scandalous. I feel like that saying like divorcee instead of like a divorced woman is like sexy for Helen, you know? Um, Yeah. Yeah, we see her ex-husband banging on the door and he confronts Betty and asks to use her phone. And I was like, oh shit, like you can't, avoid anyone in like a neighborhood and without headphones you know yeah she just is forced to continually I love in this episode that she's just 
continually forced to confront the idea of a divorced life. Like she cannot escape Helen just over and over again. She has to see the house and she has to see like, she has to hear about the husband, which is coming up in a second. She like the earlier with the party, she has to think about Helen again. Like, I just like how it's just breaking in like down her doors over and over again. And also I would be freaked out if I was Betty, honestly, based on just seeing an angry husband who's like, I want to use your phone. I'd be I agree with her. Trust yeah, no one. Was making all the right decisions in this episode. Um, and so she like turns him his request down to use her phone to contact Helen. Um, but I agree with what you're saying. I never really noticed Betty's like obsession slash fear with Helen and this ex-husband. I she's so obsessed and so afraid of it. And I think yeah. it's just it's really sad, you know, because Helen yeah. is definitely foreshadowing what's to come. And it's sad because it's, it's foreshadowing what to come, what's to come, but Helen, at least from how we see her, seems just so much happier than where Betty ends up. Mm-hmm. Like, Helen really seems like she's, she's not living an amazing life, but like, I don't know, she seems like she's pretty open with who she is yeah. in a way that Betty never gets to. Like, honestly, that they next have a conversation where uh, Helen comes over and says like, oh, thank you so much for not letting like my husband t- use your phone and I'm really embarrassed. And be- to your point, like Betty's just like, what's happening? Like nothing happened. Cause she just is like, please don't bring up your divorce, your your husband, your ex-husband again. I don't want to think about it. And then Helen just like keeps talking about it. But to go to kind of why I thought Helen was really genuine is just the whole conversation she later has with Betty and sits down. Betty, she's just so honest about the conversation. She's like, this must be what you guys are thinking. So I'm just going to tell you what happens. Mm -hmm. She makes a very good and dorky uh, health insurance joke where she sells her husband's life insurance. And it says, if he dies, I'm set, which I found very funny at this round. I was like, she made a freaking joke, man. That's awesome. Um, That was like way too much for Betty. (laughs) Betty's just like, husband dead does not compute <laughs> she like could not handle it or uh, helen no helen was so refreshing so um not blunt but just honest and it, it's nice because everybody in this world is so fucking fake you know um they found it really interesting to see also just the visual of them next to each other on the couch like uh helen is so practical and just like honest again about who she is she's wearing her sweater and her pants and Betty love, just love her, pants. Too, love her pants, looks great. And then Betty looks just like a child. Like she's just sitting in this white poofy angel dress next to her. That's like so startlingly white. You're just like, it just is super naive versus real. And also for mm-hmm. super fake versus real. Like that visual really like sticks in my head right now. Wow. Yeah. I didn't even notice that, but you're absolutely right. And uh, the end of the scene, Don comes in and interrupts them talking, and it's so awkward. It's and so awkward. They barely say, like, he says hello, and they don't even really, like, I think Betty says something. Helen says nothing. It's so weird. Don um, gives a look like, what is this? And you're like, you've never heard of your neighbor before? Oh, everyone treats Helen like she has the plague. It's just like, so I, rude. Don did it? It's just weird. Yeah, and then Betty was like, because Don just goes upstairs and she's like, he needs complete quiet for an hour or whatever. And I was like, honestly, yeah. I kind of understand that, but I think it's like really sad. And that's what I wrote down. Like, I get it. Yes. I definitely 
live with someone that. like they would talk to me when I got home from work and I'm like I can't do this but also ew uh patriarchy at the same time yeah like he needs to do what he needs to do you know um in the next scene we meet Petey's parents and oh man the polar opposite oh oh, it's Pete's parents sorry I was gonna say the polar opposite of Pete's parents yes Pete's parents the cold the the cold cold, uh, wealthy as fuck yeah wealthy as fuck family they like don't get his job which is so funny to me because I feel like today advertising is considered like very white collar prestigious you know Mm -hmm. that I'm wondering what's his dad do because one based on what is revealed later like the mom was rich and has a name that's famous but Mm -hmm. the mom lost all his family lost all the money so the dad is providing the money right also yeah sorry I had another point there never mind I don't have forgot my other point I just I agree the money what does he do what he does I have no idea it must be something like I wanted, I want, I wonder if it's something more blue collar that he just like worked his way up on. Cause he says that. Yeah, really is he like that's what real men do? Yeah, he says that really insulting thing about restaurants. Yeah, I just I, one thing I noticed a little bit of a pivot, but one thing I noticed in the scene that I thought was such a good detail is that Pete sitting there in front of his dad. And Pete and his dad is sitting on a chair that's uncovered and Pete has to sit on the couch with the cover on it. Like, that's just such a good detail to be like, you do not belong here. Like, you're going to sit on the cover like all the other peasants that come into my home. <laughs> like, I just thought that like instantly captured how uh, cold and shitty the dad is. I actually think this is the first time or the only time we're going to see the dad. I think the dad's going to like die. So I don't think we ever see Pete's dad again. I feel like he pops in a couple Maybe. times, but you you did such a close watch. You're like paying attention all the. I definitely did like a lot of pausing this time ahead time because I was like Ooh, visuals. Also, like there that. were not outfits to distract me. That's true. This again, very unfortunate outfit episode. Um, so in this conversation with his parents, you know, his dad insults his job. Obviously, that sets up that they don't get along. Um, and then he asks his dad for money for the down payment for the apartment. And his dad is just like, nah, sorry, bro. And Pete's like, why? And he's just like, doesn't give a reason, which would, I feel like that would piss me off more than not saying like you could get the money or not. I just feel like him like, because it's just like really insulting. Um, Yeah. It's just like so arbitrary, especially when Bud ran over a girl. Yes. Oh my God. Peter's brother, like, it's not funny, well, then, but I was just like, what? Yeah, I mean, Peter just throws out this very snide comment and he's like, oh, but you're going to give my brother money for hitting a girl on her bike? How much did that cost? And it's just like, oh, snap. Oh, that snap. And also like, what is that story? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that never comes up again. <laughs> yeah, I hope that Like, is she alive? Dead. Is she... <laughs> did they taste someone to throw the body in the river what happened yeah um and then of course he goes home and lies to trudy and says he didn't ask about it and she's just like i think she did he actually even though he was crappy to lie i would that lie i was like oh i could see doing that move you're just like no he's sick i couldn't have asked (laughs) i i didn't like that and then I, I just feel like their whole marriage is a lie. Yes. <laughs> so I'm just like, we're starting off, you know, here. 
Um, so before we go on, I want to say that this is my favorite quote in the scene with the dad. Ooh. I didn't think it, it's, there weren't a lot of, I don't think like amazing quotes to my mind that are just like one of those quintessential Mad Men quotes, even though of course the, the, the writing and the dialogue is always great. But this quote just like put a button on like the, my whole like dorky thesis where the dad goes, we gave you everything. We gave you your name. And what have you done with it? Like, that's like the whole point of like their relationship and basically Pete's whole struggle. He's flown by by his name and what has he done with it? Shit. Not jack shit. Favorite line? That's so depressing. It's depressing, but I think it's a good line, like just to get the point across. It's really upsetting, but like it really encapsulates a lot in like those couple of lines, I think. I think my favorite lines exclusively have been funny, (laughs) which it's coming up in this next scene, actually. Um, So the next scene, we are with some clients who uh, represent Bethlehem Steel, a steel Mm -hmm. mill, I'm assuming. Um, And Don does- advertise for some reason, which is just bizarre to me, but- No, like, what are you going to do? Like, is the common man going to buy steel? It's just, it's a little weird, but- I don't understand who they're targeting, but it's okay. Yeah. (laughs) You don't have to understand. I uh, really liked, you know, their ad for this because they had all these- I did too. It was great. They had these silhouettes of all these cities, like Chicago, Mm -hmm. Detroit, New York, and it says- you know, brought to you by Bethlehem Steel. And it's a really sexy campaign. And of course the guy hates it, which is stupid. And I seems very old folky. Like, I don't like the city and I don't like doing stuff. Yeah, he's definitely, you know, not from, <laughs> he's he seems Southern, which is not to say anything about people from the South, but he just like, isn't a Manhattan boy, you know? So he's just yeah. like, I don't get this, you know? <laughs> I'm a I'm a small town man, you know? For sure. Um, and then they totally like insult Sal, which was really funny because Don was like, well, you know, we can just throw this, this art out. Right. And then Sal was like, um, excuse me. Oh my God. That hurt my soul. It was, because, it was bummer. Uh, let me say that that is definitely like, that definitely hurts when you when like, you need to be able to do that. I think if like client's not happy, you have to be like, we can revise this. And then in your soul, you're like, Oh no, my beautiful work is going into the trash bin right now. Oh. Or Sal. Or Sal. Sal. I know names. You're probably watching Better Call Saul, and that's why. There we go. There we go. Or the uh, whiskey. Play so, my one. favorite line was in this scene, and basically, Don says something along because Don gets kind of pissed, like very outwardly pissed to the client, mm-hmm. which to me was bad manners. And he's like, What do you want? Like, a piece of steel with butter on top, like as if it's like a ad for breakfast. And then Pete is just like, no need to get cute, Don, which is my favorite line. (laughs) I like that a lot because I think it was kind of like shitty of Pete, but I'm not, I feel like this is bad of me, but I also, again, was not entirely not on Pete's side here because while Pete went too far, Don was being cute. And he does do, like, he gets cute with a lot of clients where he just like kind of yells at them for not liking his idea. Or he's like, won't take no for an answer. Where it's like, dude, what are you doing? I like that. I like that quote. Yeah. It's like surprise. Maybe Don Draper is actually like a really shitty employee. <laughs> surprise. He's not good at his job. He just uh, people. Yeah. Pete gets really mouthy in this scene, which is so obviously because he felt like a small man with his dad and he's like now trying to be a big guy or whatever. Um, Oh man. So much compensation. 
yeah, it's a bummer for sure. Um, did you have anything else from that scene? No, I think we're totally aligned. I wrote, I'm almost on his side, but he sells that though Don sells too much, but Pete doesn't help. It hurts. He doesn't yeah. help, but he hurts. And he then just in the next scene, Helen just I like calls you saying Betty out of the flu to babysit, <laughs> which I was kind of like, I did kind of think it was rude, but on the other hand, Helen doesn't have any friends. So I also understand that she's like, you know, this is the one person who is slightly nice to me. This is maybe mm-hmm. even like kind of the weak link in the really bitchy neighborhood posse. So yeah, they've definitely had some close moments, you know? Um, yeah. What I thought was weird is I was like, can't Betty bring her kids over? But I was thinking like to Helen's house, but maybe she didn't want Don to know what was going on because they're never explicitly, she's never really explicitly like, bye honey, I'm going to go watch the divorcee. That's a good and- point. Yeah. And based on Don's weird reaction before, maybe Don wouldn't have been as okay with that. Yeah. There, again, she has the plague, so nobody can talk to her. So I think yeah. Betty totally hid from Don that she went over to watch the kids. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, I think that's a great, great call. We're really just, kid because we never really in, interact with the two-year-old. It's always just creepy Glenn. It's always creepy Glenn. And I was the worst scene. I remember watching this for the first time and I was like, what the fuck? Like, this is so weird. Part of what makes it weird. It's not the only thing, obviously not even the, not the biggest thing by far, but There's so much to unpack. I, yeah. I, so much to unpack, but I love that. Like the way, again, this is just me squinting really close at the screen this time that they lit Helen's house differently like they like she makes a joke like I keep it poorly lit but they light it in kind of like a dingy way where it's supposed to not look as nice it's supposed to look like kind of like and that's not bad it's like really run down but it's clearly not as like sparkly and nice as Betty's place so I just yeah yeah and you do I did notice that the crib was in the living room so hmm. yeah nice. I guess like a question is do we think based on what little we know about her, if Helen is a good mom. Because part of me was like, you know, she looks really nice going to this, I think, political fundraiser of some, or like political affiliated event for JFK. Yeah. Um, And she looks really nice. But part of me was like, maybe she's going on a date and not going to this political thing at all, you know? I mean, she does bring home the political political pants though I get what you mean but I guess how I read that because I do think like even Betty says like kind of interesting interestedly like maybe there's some nice men there you're kind of powdering your nose and like getting dressed up I kind of interpreted that as one Helen in addition to seeing her birth control later like she's not down she's not like against having just like a quick leg you know she's just gonna get it where she can and two like she kind of seemed like someone who would just like get dressed up for her because she kind of has that independence. Like it doesn't really matter about like going and needing to snag a dude. She's just like, I'm just going to want to look nice for me. Yeah. Um, and even if she was trying to snag a dude, I'm not saying that would make her a bad mom, but yeah, I'm saying she's a bad mom. I'm just like, we don't really know what her momming skills are like. And I only, oh, I get you. Len is so fucking creepy. And I'm like, you just don't like, I don't know. Maybe it's like, okay, he's in a divorced home in a time when that was really taboo. Is that going to mess a kid up? I don't know. No, I I do get what you mean. Like the Glenn, Glenn's behavior raises some questions of like, what is going going on? Because Helen is so, I really like Helen. I think Helen's awesome. She's very like progressive, you know? Um, 
She's I know. Gonna, just to like go back to that honesty and how honest she is in comparison to Betty, who is just mm-hmm. so stifled, you know, she's like very outwardly like, yeah, JFK. And Betty's like, well, we don't know who we're voting for yet. And it's just like, okay, like Helen's trying to just be herself. Like connect with you like a human. And then you're like, we don't know. Also, Betty probably would be conservative if we're honest, but oh, sure. um, let me, what else was I going to say? I don't know the thing to it's say. Oh, just in that moment. Fabulous. Like the, it gets very yeah. choppy, you know, like I know we're, we're for sure going ahead to creepy Glenn, but there's some other stuff that happens before that. So yeah, feel free to bring up what you were going to bring up. This is on creepy Glenn. I get a vibe from Glenn. I don't know why. I just like creepy Glenn weirdly reminds me of Roman from Succession. <laughs> He like has the same vibe of like no, what's doesn't. wrong with you? Like there's something deeply wrong with you, and I don't understand what it is. I'm sorry, it's probably the black hair, and I should say I'm just like, oh no, just, like, no. Like, I mean I get what you're saying. Deeply damaged, like as a kid, which is not funny, but it also is kind of <laughs> in the context of the show. Like creepy Glenn, what's going on? Okay, let's move on before I. And everybody. Well, then we we have this big contrast with Trudy's parents uh, after the Pete parent oh, conversation. Oh, nice. Sweet. Oh my Honestly, gosh. Trudy family is the best. The dad sort of reminds me of like my gregarious uncle. <laughs> it makes me happy every time. Yeah, they're very sweet, and um, you know, Trudy wheedles her way in to ask for money for the down payment, and she gets what she wants. And Trudy definitely is like intervening. Um, I can see Pete's, I get why Pete's a little bummed out about it because I, I can see him and I see his point of, oh, well, they can control us where we decorate the furniture. And I think that would be anyone's concern if someone's parents I'd, gave money. I'd, I'd feel uncomfortable. I feel kind of uncomfortable with it as well. <laughs> yeah, I did. I did like Trudy's dad saying, you know, like, you're going to be a rich man one day. So like, why would you wait? Like, let's just help you out. And I thought that was like a sweet argument, you know? That's a w- nice way to say it. Like you could do this, but like waiting is bullshit. Like that's kind of a nice thing to say. Yeah. So nice. I, I didn't really have anything else to say <laughs> about that scene other than like, we love Trudy's parents. I think also this is my favorite outfit is Trudy's outfit with like the blue strapless dress and her hair up and the matching necklace and earrings. Again, it's very short in fashion, but I thought the colors were fab and she looks very sophisticated. Oh, love Trudy. She deserves Trudy. the best outfit on her introductory episode. Yes, where she just dominates and gets all the things. So then we have another chop to Betty snooping in Helen's bathroom. She finds some birth control, scandalous, you know. She's like, oh, um, and then creepy again is Glenn is immediately creepy and just like walks in on Betty who's sitting on the toilet for a piss, you know, and Betty, Mm -hmm. like, luckily she has so much floof in her dress, like nothing's showing, but that's true. But it's still like, she has to do the awkward waddle and it's uncomfortable. It seems like not as creepy as what follows. Cause it kind of just seems like he's confused or something. Like he doesn't, I disagree. I totally am like, this kid is not right. And maybe that's me being really harsh, but I thought Betty handled this really well because Mm -hmm. she gets mad. She explains it's like not okay to do that, which I think like someone would need to know that to like know that that's not okay to do because it's not, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, But then she like 
has a sensitive moment because he starts crying and gives her a big hug. And then she's like, I'm not angry anymore. And I felt like that was was good, good momming skills, good mom vibes. Yeah. Um, I think part of, sorry to interrupt. I think part of, I'm getting this out of the way because it's kind of humorous and kind of off topic, but part of why I didn't view it as creepy is I was mad at, I was mad at Betty because like, she's, how can, I don't understand people who don't go into a bathroom and lock the door every time. Like, you always lock the door. You always I mean, lock the door. I guess that's fair. Yeah. But like, I'm weird about this. There's like a joke going like that I've saw at one point and I can't give anyone credit for it, but I know I saw this somewhere else where they talked about like being an anxious person to the level where you lock the bathroom door when you live alone. And I'm definitely that person. So when I saw Betty not lock the door, I was like, what are you doing? That's a fair argument, but he definitely knew she was in the bathroom. But also, yeah, creepy Glenn is creepy. It's a constant. Yeah. I think, um, what I find creepier about creepy Glenn and just like a question on Matthew Weiner's part is that this is Matthew Weiner, the director, of course, this is his son. It's just like such a weird thing. I'm like, what a weird, cause I mean, it would be one thing if this was like one creepy Glenn instance, because I'm like, okay, he's probably like seven to nine years old it's a mistake, but Glenn just like persistently is super creepy in the entire show. And I'm like, why would you want to make your son like the biggest creep? It is a weird call. That's true. And it makes it kind of even stranger to yeah, have it. it I always, I always forget that. And then also just thinking of him have to be like, okay, this time you really look excited when you're holding her hair. To his oh God, Yes. So yeah, that's like the worst part of this episode is he he's, He's like, you're pretty. You're really pretty. Can I have your hair? And I'm like, again, I want to be sympathetic that this is a kid who's like clearly hasn't been a hundred percent socialized or I don't know what, but that, that's really like, creepy. I think a teacher would flag that a teacher would flag oh, that. Like, well, it, I don't know. I just think about like in the Victorian era that like hair was like a really, I feel like this has always been a thing, but in the Victorian era in particular, like hair is like a very sexual thing. And it's like, mm-hmm. if you got a, a lock of someone's hair, it meant like something a little hot and heavy. It's yeah. my understanding. And I know we're in the sixties instead of like the Victorian era, but I was like, what the fuck? Like, what is this? Why are you being like, it, it definitely just feels, feels like, it feels like there's something like sexual, it's sexually motivated. And I hate saying that it's creepy but that's like the vibe I get watching Glenn ask for like a lock of her hair. And I'm like, you are way too young for this. I don't know what his intentions are. I don't know what's going on. It does feel like he learned to it clear. Like he saw his dad do something that he didn't understand. And he's like taking that energy. It definitely feels like, or like his mom's having stuff. I don't know. It feels like he saw something. He didn't fully understand it. And then he's like kind of putting his experience somewhere else, like through seeing something with his parents somewhere else. It definitely feels very... Mm-hmm. I agree like sexual but like he doesn't know what that is yet yes like it's it's weird and I've never I just wrote this down like I have never fully understood even on so many rewatches the bond I understand part of it but the complete scope of the bond between Glenn and Betty yeah like I it's just so bizarre like I understand that she kind of connects with him on like he like is like too old for his age and then connects with her on this weird like sexual level but he doesn't know what it is but then she connects with him on a kid level and is like very fucked up in both ways I was really surprised like this time around like she 
cuts off part of her fucking hair. She does it. She does it. I get so upset. I'm like, what are you doing? It's not just giving his her hair. She damages her appearance as a woman in the 60s for him. Like, that's crazy. Do you imagine Betty cutting off her hair for anyone? That's wild. And she just walked around with a lock of her hair missing. Yeah, it was like a substantial amount of hair. I, I don't know why. That's not the most freaky part, but it's the easiest. No, I definitely think that's <laughs> the weirdest part of this scene is that she actually does it. I think that is so weird. I, and then she kind of does it, but she doesn't seem happy about it. She just doesn't. It's like, go to bed. Like, that was like, she kind of just is like, we're done now. And I'm like, do you do this? Because you think he's, and then to the, the intentness with which she looks at it when she walks away is very upsetting. There's, we're just circling the drain here, but like, I just can't say. Yeah, I don't really know what to make of it. It's just really messed up. Um, I was I had to fight really hard not to like go on like Reddit or something and read like, you guys, what was that scene? Because like, I just don't, cannot wrap my mind around it. Maybe because I don't want to get it. That's fair. Well, let's move on. Let's move on to. <laughs> oh, this is equally upsetting. But um, Pete decides to take the Bethlehem Steel Mill guy out for drinks, but yeah. literally like whores off his cousin for him. He's like, that's not his cousin. Wait, I thought it was his that's cousin. I I viewed it as a pseudonym. Like he's saying, like it's my cousin. Wink, wink. But oh like, god! I thought it was like a literal cousin. I was like really. Yeah, and then she's—he's like the redhead. But like, are they? And are then they that one's on. He wasn't available this evening. Like, that's like I wanted a redhead. That's how I viewed it. I'm a nice person, I guess. No, like it's because I've seen it like the first like six times. I thought it was his cousin, and after a while, I was like, I don't know if they're actually cousins. Are they like prostitutes? I think those are prostitutes oh, or like uh, call girls or I don't know what you call it, an escort. Mm-hmm. Which I, it is kind of humiliating after being like, okay, I do well, things all day to his father to be like, yeah, here's my cousin. Well, that makes me feel better, I suppose. Um, well, basically, Peter decides he has a good idea for this campaign. And I actually think it's a good idea. I think that's a good pitch. It's, um, he does it in a stupid way. Like, don't read the room, dude. The guy is like, has yeah. a lot. Like, don't pitch like, right now basically he's out with the guy and the women and they're drinking and he's like you know bethlehem steel the backbones of america right yeah i'm like it's the kind of thing the guy would like it doesn't gonna win awards but the guy is gonna like it yes and then that comes up in the meeting they have the next day um after don probably spent wham hours after work like working on the campaign you know and his his ad sucked his ad was yeah not great he definitely was like "Ooh, this is so creative and you're like you know i don't think the guy would have loved it honestly. i don't even remember it. it it had to do with like the bible right it was like new york little town of bethlehem yes fine you know like yeah fine but like it's not it's not with the kind of like broad shoulders working man thing and also it was dumb but i do understand why don was annoyed because they did work on something else and then didn't made him look stupid in the meeting. Cause they like Pete didn't mention it. Like not a great I move. Love, I love Pete's shit eating grin when the guy just like mentions the backbone of America. Oh, and I think Pete even like does a little fist pump. He's like, so like, into yeah, it. let's go. You, you got know? it, buddy. <laughs> and then he gets fired. And then he gets fired. <laughs> like, okay. He doesn't actually get fired, but, um, yeah, I mean, it's, I mean, Don's really pissed. He gets fired. Roger's on board with it, you know? Um, shit. <laughs> yeah, 
Peter like goes into his office and all the good old boys are there. And I'm like, why are they just listening to the same comedy thing again? But I'm like, why are they in his office when he's not there? They're just like hanging out. They're like, this is our club, you know? We're just throwing out. Uh, And then he he cries. And that was actually really heartbreaking. But I don't. I found it deeply like annoying <laughs> this is why my sympathy you're just please you're the one i don't know what campbell so like why am i feeling sympathetic i don't know and i'm usually over simply sympathetic but in this m- moment i'm like you fucking idiot i'm just mad that he's not more career savvy for sure but you gotta kiss also you're kissing the ass of don like you're okay. not gonna be a creative guy you're just let me, not. let me rewind here and say i thought that <laughs> sorry the tear acting the tear acting was good i felt like his the eyes tear- were we're and also i'm not trying to shame you you can be on board i just no i think you, you put me in my place because i like hate pete campbell so you're right but the tear acting was good. i agree his acting was very good and it almost made you feel sympathy for them in that moment which is a big ask so good on you vincent don't know your last name um <laughs> then the actor. quick cut again really quick cut to betty's therapist appointment um, she suggests that Helen's jealous of her because she's been in a sorority, so she understands that. And I don't have anything to say about that scene, but I liked the quote again. It was sort of like putting a button on it for me, but which I guess is my new favorite phrase, um, where she says uh, the about Glenn, the person who's taking care of him isn't giving him what he needs. And I'm like, okay, there we go. I guess that's what Betty and Glenn have in common. She's like, Aww. you were damaged. I am damaged. Don fuck me over. Your mom's not fucking you over, but like not paying attention to you. So he, she gets the lonely ignoredness. So I don't know. That stuck out to me this time, like which that. is sad, but like also a little fucked up. Like Betty, he's like nine. Um, the next scene, we're in Bert Cooper's office with his Argyle socks uh, right on the desk. No nice. shoes, you know. Um, I feel like this is one of the episodes where Bert talks the most ever in like one scene. Right. I feel like he's so, um, I really like Bert. I feel like his character does not get fully fleshed out in the show. I mean, he's just kind of like the boss, the boss boss, yeah. you know? He, um, it's, it's hard because like, I get why they do that sort of like, he has so much more power. Of, like you don't know who he is. He just like knows everything. And he's like kind of this figure uh at the top of the company but like there's so much interesting stuff there like when i think we said a couple episodes ago like when did he get obsessed with japan like yeah so what is the story japan, i mean you and i love japan so we for sure you know i'm in we admire it but it's just like but someone yeah, that, that, that age like and at that time yeah it's just really interesting um, yeah for sure i wrote down loving the bird bde <laughs> she's just like yeah run that room yes and he basically says well you're absolutely not firing pete campbell because he's uh from the dykeman legacy i actually looked up if that's a real person and i didn't find anything but maybe our listeners know otherwise but i yeah or maybe this is modeled after someone it it felt like it could be vanderbilty to me um you know yeah oh they're just like making up a name like the Vanderbilts the yeah Vanderbilt's real I'm just saying like d- no I, I feel you that. like that would be the model like they even said like listing the places they can go they said Dartmouth which I don't know I kind of think of Dartmouth and Vanderbilt sort of hand in hand so that would make sense yeah, to me but, but I, I felt like um 
you know, there's so many real life occurrences and historical callbacks in this show that I, I kind of wished they had picked a family like the Vanderbilts to actually have Pete be related to, but I guess that would have been a little more complicated. Yeah. And I guess, I don't know, would you, for someone that if you, if you mirrored someone who was famous, who had actually living relatives, would you have to like, mm, yeah, I guess go I didn't through them, them and then maybe they want you to pay at like, I don't know. I forgot there probably are still like living Vanderbilts, you know, there's actually living Pete replicas out yeah. there. Yeah. Please don't sue us Vanderbilts. Um, <laughs> yeah, um, you, you touched on this a little bit earlier. It's basically like Pete's maternal side, I believe has, you know, had money and then they lost it during the great depression. And now like Peter's in a, Peter had a good upbringing because of his dad's wealth, but we are, are a little like obscure on what the specifics are for that. For sure. But at the same time, all that, I guess in my mind, all that matters in this scene is it calls back to like, we gave you everything. We gave you your name. Like the name actually is this, I'm going to pitch my dorky. What does the pitch mean? And how does it connect to the episode? Steel is a, come on, I'm doing the thing. (laughs) Steel is not something you sell in stores, but it builds everything. These names are kind of like, it's not a thing. It's not like a skill that Pete has not tangible thing, but like it, kind of helps build his whole life like it's this thing in the background that actually does everything can kind of drape on top of okay that was like my two sentence thing but would have been a great English major (laughs) I mean it's because I lived with you Rumi (laughs) well when we're leaving Bert in this scene he's singing the Barney theme song (laughs) question mark it's they said this old man in the subtitle it it feels like the barney theme song it kind of felt a little too chipper and weird to be like him singing it and just cleaning his nails after don has a little hissy fit he's like it's fine (laughs) um and then is this old man the same as the barney theme song yes 100 percent. 100 god what's happening i know i know um so then roger and don go to pete and this was really sweet did you like it I love it. Yeah. And Roger lies, but it's great. And he's just saying it's smart. Yeah. He's like, John's like fought for you, you know? And I'm like, oh shit. Then that is Roger's BDE being like, you better respect the fuck out of Don from now on. Fucking smart. That is why Roger is a good account man. And let me say, this was almost my pick. This is my backup pick. I'm going to have two quotes because I'm sneaky like that. And also just greedy. For the best line. Roger. When Pete, oh my is, God, he's yeah. like, this is your commanding officer, and Pete's like, I won't let you down, Don. And then Rogers goes, Jesus Christ, Campbell, never say that. <laughs> I don't know why that makes me laugh, but it always does. I love that he was like, Jesus like, Campbell, never say that. You know, just like, why is that bad? I don't even get it. But I won't let you get. Oh, that's a horrible thing to say because like people are inherently disappointing. <laughs> I guess that's true. Okay, I finally get it because for like however many viewings, I'm just like, why is that bad? You're just. I mean, maybe that's like a pessimist thing to say, but it's like you can't say I won't let you down. You can't promise. Yeah, yeah, and then you might make sense. You know, especially I do my best. That's kind of all you can do. Yeah, and especially in in that industry where there's so much room for failure. I mean, there's not room for failure, but there's a lot of bad ideas that get thrown around in the ad industry for sure. Um. Yeah, and then like Don and Roger have a weird discussion about alcohol, and that's and that. Generations. I I noticed that Roger, I love that Roger is so like 
he's such bros with Don. He's so intrigued by Don and he kind of understands a little bit who he is. I love that he picked up on that. Like Don was mad about Pete not getting fired. Like not just personally, but for the world. Like it's like, not just in that instance, it's just a general thing about who Pete is that Pete has the name that Don doesn't like. And Roger picks up on that, which I think like Roger is actually very smart when he focuses on something, which is never, but he actually figured that out, which I thought was kind of impressive. You just made me think um, that maybe Don feels like in addition, in addition to the fact that Pete is a rat, I feel like maybe Don has this like, lust for the fact that Peter has a name and Don is like waffling between identities. Yeah, for sure. I've always felt like there's a part later, I'm going, going skipping episodes. I just always really vividly remember this part where they're talking about um Nixon versus Kennedy. And then he talks about Nixon is like self-made and he says like Kennedy I see a silver spoon and Nixon I see myself. And I always thought that was like him and Pete mm-hmm. like Pete is the silver spoon that he fucking hates because he's like, Don was poor and he has to fucking make stuff up and just struggle all the time like everybody. Wow. But they're still equally unhappy, dude. So that's the point of the show. It doesn't fucking matter where you came from (laughs) if you made it to the top. That's not the whole point of the Uh, show. No, and I I felt like this end scene wasn't that strong and it it was basically- like the song though. Yeah, the the music in Mad Men's fantastic, but it's basically Peter and Trudy are in the apartment, some neighbors come over and they're like, oh, we're living with a legacy from the Dykeman family, how excellent. And then it just kind of like, Pete goes off and looks out the window and everybody else in the apartment. Family's legacy. Yeah, so I guess, you know, everything you said about Peter in your thesis statement kind of like ties in a bow with him being a little on the outside, looking out at the city. I agree. It wasn't really that. It was kind of all neat though. And all of a piece. And it wasn't other than the song, it wasn't really that remarkable of a shot. Also just like, no one notices that he went off to sulk or they're just like, eh, we're not going to chase after him. I didn't feel like stunned by that ending. And I think you said this felt a little bit like a filler episode, despite that we love all the episodes, but it feels a very set up and not very much like a revelation where we're going to get some major like revelations or like images coming up. Oh my God. We're going to get Betty with the gun. We're going to get the fucking Bob Dylan song. At the end whoa, of the whoa, whoa, oh my whoa, God. I'm sorry. Spoiler, spoiler, spoiler. <laughs> but there's so many good freaking scenes coming. I'm so excited. Yeah. It, it'll be uh, definitely a journey to talk about it. What's your favorite season? before we drop off oh my god I don't know that's a really hard I feel like season four feels great because it's just like juicy middle you know yes season four season four is good because season three is just super depressing (laughs) season four is like very exciting I think is the most really good episodes and season five is good too gets a little slow but the season five is really good too oh we have so much to look forward to Man, so many. Also, we actually I should not. Uh, any, <laughs> any, I'll talk any, to you about that later. Any, you <laughs> see any uh any parting words on on New Amsterdam? This is a like a solid episode. Very good setup. Understanding Pete is. I'm still confused. Do I care about him? Do I hate him? I don't know because it's not a universal struggle he's going through, but also on the same level, it kind of is. I don't know how I feel about him, but I get the context of why he's pissed 
and entitled more. Yeah, I guess like for as much as I hate Pete, he is a character that keeps me going, <laughs> like keeps me watching the show. So. Yeah, he's he's weirdly interesting, even though he's grotesque. Parting thoughts. Love it. <laughs> Very cool. Oh. Grotesque but interesting. Until next time. Until next time, guys.